the purpose of this webinar is to uh, just invite all of our friends in Workman Successes Database to come on in and share with them a little bit about how we think about the business and what we do. So we have uh, clients on the call and some people that aren't clients yet that are just kind of interested in how to create better life balance. And we'd love you to do that. Um, I don't need you on as a panelist, but we invite everybody on as panelists so you can turn video on. So if you're a panelist, you can turn your video on and we can see you all. And so April, we'd love to have you join us. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce Mark and Laura Ryan. Mark and Laura Ryan are from Dayton, Ohio. They're with Remax Victory and Affiliates. Uh, they're the team leader of the Mark Ryan Group. I'm gonna call them team leaders uh, as co-team leaders, as business, as business partners and partners in life. They have a, a tremendous business. Um, one of the things I love about the Ryans is the way that they think about the business. They're both workman success coaches, but whenever we have a problem or a challenge and we talk to the Ryans about it, they look at the world from a different lens that gives us a unique perspective on how to do things. And I have so much respect for the way that they treat and think about not only their people, but the community and the people in our workman family that they serve. And it's such a pleasure to have them join us today. Um, as I as I jump in, is it okay, uh, Mark and Lyra, if we just talk for a minute and tell, tell us a little about uh, your business and who you are and where you're from? And I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to open up a slide deck. Let me see if I can do this for a second. I want to make sure I'm sharing the correct screen. So I have to share screen. Screen one. Let's see if it works. Hold on. Before it goes there, I'll put you here. This is a very complex process when you have three screens. I know. <laughs> and everybody gets hidden when you there you go. Okay. So you see, see full screen. Do you guys, does it look good? Looks good. All right. All right. So, but, but I'm seeing a screen over here, but you guys are over here. And if I, my camera's in the middle, so if it doesn't look <laughs> like I'm looking at you, I just want you to know that I am, I'm right here with you. Right. Same for me. I've got three screens too. So, um, so do you want to go to the next screen? Is that what you kind of want? You want us to go through that? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about you now. Okay. First, tell us a little bit about your business today. So we just brought on a new buyer specialist. So we have five buyer specialists. Uh, we have an administrator. Uh, myself is kind of the more of the team leader. I'm definitely more, more the face person, even though I'm definitely not the most attractive of the two, but I don't mind talking in, in public and Laura's that's not exactly her jam. Uh, so she handles more of the operation, contract to close, all of that. But as Verl said, we truly are, I mean, we're married, but we're also partners in the business. So like we're both kind of involved in everything. Um, we do run a specialist model. So we've got uh, the buyer specialist. We've created an environment where they can uh, list homes, but that their primary focus is buyers. Uh, and truly, they like that. Um, I always find it funny. Our, our, uh, the buyer specialist has been with us the longest, has been um, with us, I think it's 10 or 11 years now. And she'll do six figures this year. And that's that's good. Some markets that would be kind of okay. Um, but for us, our median income in the area is 60,000. So she's oh. doing, you know, close to double that as just a buyer agent. <laughs> so she's kicking the butt of a ton of agents in town as just a buyer agent. And it gives her so much better life balance and, and all of that. So that's kind of part of, of what we try to do with the team in general is, you know, let everybody specialize in what they really do best and, you know, kind of have that, that balance, which kind of brings us to where we are today, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but feel free to ask questions, Verl or Laura, chip in with anything if, if I missed anything. No, I think that's great. So are you seeing two boxes on your screen or one? Just one. I see the... I see this, the, the panelists, and then I see, the, oh, yeah, and just the one for us. For all okay, good. So I fixed it. 
<laughs> All right. So give us a little bit. So Laura, tell me a little bit about your journey. You know, you've kind of been, uh, you don't like, you, you don't like being in the front, but I think you belong in the front. And if I can make you a little bit uncomfortable as your coach, I'm always going to do it. <laughs> you're not uncomfortable. You're not growing. So. Right. Um, so a little bit kind of about uh, the team. I mean, we've been doing real estate since 2003. Um, pregnant with our first kid and Mark decided it was a great idea to go commission only and join um, a mortgage company. So we kind of both started in that industry. Um, it definitely, that's kind of when the life balance thing kind of started for us because we were very torn as to, I was going to go back to work and um, we needed to figure out a way that I could go back to work, but yet still be um, I'm basically a full-time mom, you know, a stay-at-home mom to an extent. So we were able to work that out, um, able to take the baby to the office, things like that. And then when he transitioned into real estate, that's just kind of where it really started was in 2003 when he got his license and then 2006 when we started the team. So um, that's kind of where we've come from. We've definitely grown a lot. We've learned a lot, um, made the mistakes along the way and, um, you know, just figuring it out, trying to get life balance with with a family, you know, with still trying to have a personal life, still trying to spend time just each other together and then with the family and then also run a, run a business. It's, it's complicated, but I think, um, it, it can be done for sure, but you need to commit to doing it. So Laura, tell me about your family. Um, two girls. We have one who is a freshman in college at UC. So go Bearcats. Um, looking forward to that game. And then um, we have another one. We have an 11 year old daughter who is currently in fifth grade. So, and she's just started taking on kind of the traveling sports um, avenue this coming volleyball season. So it'll definitely be a change in our lifestyle that we're, we're working towards. But I think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we've done what we've done because we looked ahead to the future and decided that, that our family is obviously the most important thing to us. And that's why we do what we do and why we sacrifice when we sacrifice and when we don't sacrifice. We, you know, put our family first and that's why we do what we do is basically for them. Uh, is the Bearcats, is that who's playing Utah in the Rose Bowl? Is that? No, you get Ohio State. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get the other Ohio team. That's the yeah. other Ohio team. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's a big deal for us. That's our first time ever to the, to the Rose Bowl. Okay. Utah. So we're excited, but we're excited about that. We'll have to talk nice. smack later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what do you love most about what you do, Laura? I think what I love most about what I do is the flexibility. I think the ability to, to be able to, to attend our kids' events in the middle of the day if we need to, because we simply just put it on the schedule like it's an appointment, to um, be able to have the opportunity to honestly directly impact your income and your projection for the future. Um, we 100% rely on ourselves and... Um, you know, and I know we have team members and they produce money for us and volume and, and contribute and whatnot, but we do feel directly responsible for helping them be successful and in turn helping the team be successful. So Mark, talk a little bit about um, kind of the last, the last year or so from a production perspective, but I want to also talk about uh, wealth building. So you've grown your business, but more importantly, you've grown your portfolio. And I think we had to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So that was a, a big push for us over the last probably with COVID, you know, it just kind of changed our perspective on a lot of things. And that was one of them. So we just got really serious about investing and we're now getting our team and our clients into, you know, finding more investors that weren't investors. Um, 
so yeah, so I mean, our business has grown. This year we'll close somewhere north of 27 million, uh, a little bit over 850 in GCI. So we're doing well. Um, the the growth in the investments went, we had a couple of single family homes. I'll probably screw up the order here, but then I think we bought a vacation cabin uh, and then we now own four, four unit properties and two two unit properties. That sound right, Laura? Yeah, and, <laughs> and then, then four yeah. And then we we just wow. with our daughter going to college, we're now buying. We've bought one. We're buying one this week. Uh, uh, college um, kind of housing down by the mm -hmm. university, so we'll, we'll have two more of those. So I think we'll have twenty six doors by the end of the week. Um, and it's, it's been good and it definitely expanded a, a, a fair amount of volume this year came from investor clients and, and getting them involved. We've got one that's a doctor and they've bought two or three and they're going to continue to buy some. And it's really doing them a service also because those high uh, income earning W-2 individuals don't have the write-offs that we have. We kind of take it for granted that, hey, we make a lot of money, but at least we can write stuff off. And, you know, I'm, we, we all probably all get as creative as our accountant will tell us is, is safe to do. And they don't have that luxury. So when they're making big money, this can be a real way. He's making his wife... Um, She's managing them, so we're not managing them for them, but we'll, of course, provide help, but it's giving them an outlet to make her a qualified real estate professional because of the amount of time she'll spend on it, which gives them additional write-offs and the ability to take the depreciation, and um, so it's been a neat uh, addition for us in terms of both our wealth building for the future and kind of that life balance piece of the puzzle. Uh, and then it's cool sharing that with clients and kind of opening their eyes a little bit to that. So. So how long ago was it that you had a, a vacation home or a lake property on your vision board? Yeah, it's kind of been one of those things where I, and I can't even remember how long, but we've kind of talked about it, that that would be, you know, kind of from an expansion team standpoint of, hey, let's pick out where we might want to retire. And we still haven't quite decided that because Laura would go further south than I would. <laughs> but, it, you know, kind of having Think warm, that, Mark. Think warm. Warm is OK. Hot is not. That's the problem is I don't like the heat. Um, so yeah, for a for a while, and it was kind of one of those things where we, and if you're married and you're a man, you kind of get it. But we woke up one morning, and a friend of ours had a cabin down by there, and had texted Laura the link to it. And I wake up and roll over in bed, and she goes, says something about, "Do you want to look at a cabin?" And I said to myself, "Oh crap, we just bought a cabin," <laughs> and we did. We went down, we bought it, we got a great. We, I think we negotiated a great deal and it's been a fantastic investment and it's fun for us to go and, and get away and we can work eventually. I think you'll get a slide of us later kind of working from the cabin and that's part of that life balance. If you put the systems in place and the people in place, you, you can work and it, it may come up later. I apologize for all, but like, it's one of those things with our kids, they get it. We do this so that we can do things with them. But I, I don't believe, and it's certainly not my concept, but that life balance thing is it's really a teeter-totter. You know, it can either be all work or all light. It's hard to be in the middle on a teeter-totter. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, we go to Disney, but we do that because we can still work while we're at Disney. If we're in line for an hour, 
replying to a couple of emails or a text or calling somebody, you know, you're still there, but you're waiting in line for an hour, but it gives us the ability to take these vacations and do these things. And, you know, we went to a, a Christmas thing last night and just on a whim checked out this new restaurant and it was kind of a tapas place. And, you know, we spent 120 bucks on dinner with our 11 year old and like a lot of 11 year olds, that's a super special birthday dinner. And it, for her, it was just a whim and get to try a bunch of unique food and, you know, and stuff like that. So. All right. So, you know, these are great questions. These five, these five topics we're going to talk about today. I want to get into them to team or not to team. What happens when you're gone? How does your team stay together and crap gets done? Um, your real wine life balance. So let's just kind of, I'll let you kind of guide me through it. Um, uh, tell me, tell me kind of uh, why this quote. So, so the, the team or not to team, I guess, is the, is the biggest one to me. And for me, it was always, when I first started, we were in the mortgage business and the VP and I thought it would be a great idea to get our real estate licenses because agents would like us better and agents hated us because we had our mortgage license. So just had to kind of figure it out on our own. And it, to me, it just made sense to have a team. How could you do it on your own? And I, I'm a firm believer that if you're doing any real volume, you really can't do it well on your own because there's just too many things going on and everything just takes so much more time in today's market and it, the deals are just more complex. So it's my belief that you should either run a team or be on a team, but it just brings the, the life balance piece of it and the just the stress part. You know, I see agents that are making a ton of money, but they're also getting divorced because they're working 20 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, that's, that's just no life. So it's a way of, you know, kind of buying your time back to some extent that yes, if I turn my buyers over to a buyer specialist, I'm quote, giving up part of the money. But if I use that time in different productive activities, it works or, I just am happier <laughs> and, you know, I'll share the money with somebody else. It changes their life. It gives me, you know, we're happily married, not angrily married and, you know, that kind of thing. So it, I guess I don't ask questions, but that's kind of my gist of it is that it just makes sense. I think with, when you look at everything kind of just going on today and people expect a certain level of service when you're providing anything, honestly, right now. Um, and I think that when we think about the word, um, customer service, we really should be thinking about customer experience because customer service comes into play when there's an issue or a problem or a complaint. Customer experience is the whole process and everything that, that, you, that goes into it. And I just truly don't believe that we can offer the best customer experience in doing it on our own. And honestly, when people buy and sell real estate, we make good money doing it and we, we owe that to them. We owe that customer experience to them throughout the entire process. And I just find it really hard to do when you're on your own. Even if you are the only salesperson, you've got to have that admin support um, to, to kind of back you up. So, you know, we do truly believe in that specialist model. And honestly- Tell the, me more about that. When you say specialist model, sure. do you let your agents do both buyers and sellers? Do you have- do they... um, We have a model to do that. I None of our agents do it. We do expect them to be a very successful buyer specialist producing at a certain volume before they're given the opportunity to take a listing or take listings. Um, we do, and it, even if they did that, they would have to do it with under a certain, um, you know, be the McDonald's of real estate. Every time we take a listing, it should be, you know, X, Y, and Z. Everything's in a row, whether it's my name on the sign marks or a, a buyer specialist that gets to take a listing. So we truly believe in that specialist model. And I honestly, and I told this to a coaching client yesterday, if you interview an admin and you like absolutely love them and you really hit it off and their disc profile 
is not admin, it's because they're so much like you that that's why you like them. And they are not a good fit for the admin role. You need someone who isn't just like you. That's why you're looking for someone. That's so true. A lot of people think your disc should be um, opposite of you. That's not true either. It just mm -hmm. needs to be the right profile for the right position. Yeah. And, and I've seen people that are uh, <clears throat> trained to be excellent, even though their disc isn't, yeah. uh, you know, that way. So yeah, disc is, I'm glad you brought that up. I look at DISC as a guideline. I don't use it to make the definitive decision. But right. very oftentimes, uh, people that are high eyes just interview well for every position. <laughs> and so, and yep. so you just like them generally, and yeah. uh, they don't have the skill set to, to, to be able to do that. So what happens when you're gone? How does your team function when you're away? So we stay still pretty in touch. We do daily huddles every day when we're away. We still get on a, a Zoom call with them and, and do our huddle. So it's not always fun with the time difference. Um, now, if we were many, you know, way too far out of whack, we might not do that, but we would still have the team do their daily huddle. Um, and they're fairly casual, kind of what happened today or what happened yesterday, what's happening today, kind of talk about issues and kind of convey any information that needs to happen. But it just gets the team going. So we keep that rhythm of doing things even when we are away uh, but again that's somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes so it's not a big deal gets us up and kind of checks in um, and I'll kind of throw in when we're away or when when they're away you know they don't bug us unless they really need to uh, and that's part of that life balance piece for the team is what I what I tell people when we first bring them on the team is hey if you if you want to just go away for vacation you can the team affords you that that would completely freak me out as a person um and i've only had one agent ever actually want to, to do that because most of the time it kind of freaks them out but what we tell them is you know hey get up in the morning check your email you know if you got time in the middle of the day check it but check it at the end of the day we're not going to call you unless we need you so if we call you that means that we really need to talk to you but for the most part go have your vacation you know, it, it's, it gives them the ability to kind of, kind of check out at least for much of the day. Um, so it is that, that piece of, you know, that teeter totter, go be just with your family, go have fun and then check in here and there. And uh, so they don't stress out worrying about things aren't going to happen, but other people can show their buyers, you know, we've got the contract to close is happening. Um, I'm know, curious, Mark, by the, by the, just by a raise of hands and those I can see on video go in the chat. How many of you wish that you could actually go away and not have to check in and not, not have to be constantly bothered by everybody reaching out to you? That's a, that doesn't happen accidentally, right? You have to build infrastructure and you have to give people empowerment to be able to make decisions and they have to understand what level of service. When people know what kind of service that you expect them to provide, they don't have to ask you whether or not to do the right thing. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. A, lot of, a lot of hands will go up on that. And that's a big part of our huddles and our team meetings are making sure that we're getting that culture, those core values out to the team or especially to a new person so that they like I, I like discussing kind of challenges in our huddle because it gives that brand new agent the opportunity to experience, you know, maybe 50 transactions worth of issues that they would normally would never have had. And they're all hearing the same philosophy on, hey, here's how we should handle things and, and whatnot. So, so those, are, those are good for us. So are you guys done or are you guys still growing? Oh, we're still growing. Yeah, it, 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 we, I don't know. I don't know when we'll stop. I think that, that's, a, that's a difficult challenge for us. But 
but we, we definitely don't want to if i'm working when i'm 70 it's because i want to not because i have to and that's where the the investing is really affording us that so having the team and building that asset uh, and that's the difference i think between having a team and being an individual agent also is whether you have a team or individual if you don't have those systems in place then you don't have you have a, a job that you get to control but you don't own a business so the better your systems are and the better you can say here's what percentage of my business comes from this this and this and here's why it came from there and you know 70 percent of my business comes from the team so if i step out of the business you're not walking away where if an independent agent walks away there they did all of the business it, what value is there in that and it's not as great as it would be if it was something that i could buy and just keep the machine running um so between that and the the investing piece that is our you know we don't have 401ks and i know some agents do but we haven't gone through the steps to set up a 401k and and do all of that stuff and certainly i don't have an employer that's contributing to it so <laughs> You know, I went through a, as you're talking about this, it's funny because I went through a, uh, I had a sit down with a financial planner just recently and we were talking about, you know, the question that he asked me, I thought it was a great question. He says, okay, for, for your, to live your lifestyle, what kind of monthly income do you need to have? And I gave him the number and he said, okay, he says, you know, here's, here's the vehicles you could do it. What do you want to do? And I thought about our business plan and how we do four pillars of income. And I said, well, let's, why don't we just say, let's pick, let's pick four pillars that can generate 100% of what I want to live on when I retire and quadruple that number and go after each one of them as if it's the only thing we're going to do. Right. Investment real estate is one of them. Building the business that has value that could be sold is another one, right? Uh, 401k or stocks and investments could be another one. And um, I, when I started thinking about it that way, I realized that if I would have done that when I was um, you know, in my 20s instead of in my 50s, Right. What a different place I would have been today. And so look at, you know, I love that you're thinking about wealth building. And I know you're looking at your properties and saying, okay, when they're all paid off, when I retire, I, I've got this residual dollars coming in every single month. And I know we have other people that invest like that. Um, when you, you know, you guys are starting to get into a place where you look at your net worth on paper and it's starting to be significant. Um, what's the why behind what you do, what you do? Why do you, why do you continue to want to grow and push? Because it's not about the money as much. No, and you're looking at them. Um, so that's that's us, you know, with the kids and How cute and, there. And we spend it. We do. We spend a lot of time with our kids. You know, we're not we're not all wrapped up in um, like ceremony kind of things like our birthdays and anniversaries and Valentine's days and stuff like that. That's we, we, we have a pretty good life all the time. So like, we'll take our kids to Valentine's dinner or to our birthday dinner or, you know, what it, it's, so we do a lot with them and my oldest is still only a freshman in college, so I can wait, but I can't wait to be a grandpa because I love being a dad and being a grandpa is going to be even more amazing in my opinion. So having the ability to do stuff with them and, you know, take, the family on a vacation and just have the freedom and flexibility to, to go do that kind of stuff. And, you know, so that's us at a bears game. And uh, we went to, we were in California and on a whim decided to go to the Rose bowl when the Buckeyes were playing. Cause you know, Hey, it's only an hour out of our way. And so oh, you we were, yeah. So, well, we were on, uh, we were in line at Disney actually, while Laura jumped on her phone and bought Disney, bought tickets to the Rose bowl. And it was amazing. Uh, that's an investment property down by UC with uh, my daughter and her, her friends, roommates. 
um, you know, kind of things. So it's just, it's, it's cool that we can do those kind of things. And, and what's even cooler is uh, Tatum, if you look at the, the Bears football game, she's the one between Laura and I. Uh, so she just turned 19 and she already is planning, thinking, kind of can't wait to buy her first investment property. And it's like, that's change her life kind of stuff. Because like you just said, we imagine if you were 20 and bought your first four unit. Right. Your first, you know, the many, the after that would be even better, but you know, that first one, you know, that's, that's stuff. Most people aren't buying a house, let alone an investment property. It, it's just would be amazing. So, so Laura, Colleen and I were talking about Christmas this year and two things came up. The first one was, so I have nine grandkids, Mark, and they're way better than kids. And I love my kids, but grandkids are just, they just rock. Yeah, I very much look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about, we're talking about Christmas, Laura. And my wife says to me, okay, she says, all the kids are taken care of. All the grandkids are taken care of. All you have to worry about is me. So I like, that was a fun discussion. So Clint yeah. set the standard really high there. <laughs> <laughs> Look all that I did. She just knows don't, where don't she wants to Don't screw it up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then we thought, you know, we were talking about, you know, buying presents and all that stuff. And this year we decided that, you know, what we're going to do going forward is we want to create experiences. And when I look at this slide, rather than buy stuff, you know, stuff doesn't really, you know, doesn't build anything, any kind of relationship with your family or create memories that you go back to, but experiences do. And when I look at this slide, it reminds me why the why behind, you know, everything we do is so that we can have the financial resources to create experiences for our family. Tell, tell me about, tell me what the slide means to you. I think thinking about even the last slide, the whole Rose Bowl thing, like the biggest thing that we're trying to impact on our kids right now is like, there's a lot of once in a lifetime opportunities. And when you take that half a second and you start to second guess it, or you think, oh, maybe it's not as cool as I thought it would be like going to the Rose Bowl for our, for our kids and our family. I mean, I hope it's not a once in a lifetime for them, but it kind of, I mean, it could be, and we afforded them that opportunity. Um, you know, going, Tanley and I took a trip down to Disney World, just the two of us right after school. And I had honestly not been alone, like on a trip with my 10 year old at the time ever, I don't think. And I just think that when you think about, you know, like you're saying, buying experiences and those types of things, those are the things that we really want to impress on our kids. And it's not really about the stuff. It's really about the experience and what what it can do to, to grow you in the future, honestly, as you know, they are, hopefully they value it like we do. And I think they do. I really do. Well, it was super cool. A couple of years ago, and I, I think we had been to Disney World and we were asking Tanley, the younger one, about, you know, what was the best part of vacation? And her sincere answer, right, just boom, was spending time with my family. It's like, oh my God, we had gone to eat at a ton of cool places. She had just been to Disney World for several days, Universal. And the best part was spending time with her family. And, and that's what we want. And when you're working the nine to five and you're coordinating kids' schedule, your schedule, the wife's schedule, getting time off from work and all that, it's hard. So that's where creating a, a, a team and, and having the, the, the systems in place and the people in place that we can do this is hopefully changing their lives. Certainly is ours. We love it. So I hope as you're all listening to this, this is why we do teams. We do teams, not because we want to make a boatload of money or because, you know, we want to get awards when we walk across the, uh, the stage. Those things are nice benefits, but really um, I believe, and the reason that I do what I do is so that we can create this for each of you. We want you to be able to have amazing lives. And when you have some financial resources, you're able to live life differently. And it's not about the, it's not about the money in the bank that gives you some stability and security but the ability to create experiences is even better. Um, 
Hey, hey, Laura, real, you, real yeah, quick yeah. on that too. The other thing that it does is it just, we serve more families and all of our events that we do throughout the year, we tie charity into those. So it gives us, and we certainly don't give to the level of like an Anthony Margulies or somebody like that, but maybe we will one day, but the more money you make, the more impact you can have on other people's lives too. So we love on our clients. We, we tie charity into our, our events. We do toys for tots. They're picking up the toys on Friday that we collected during our uh, pie giveaways. Uh, we have a big event for the 4th of July that raises last year, we raised almost $10,000, but usually around five or six. Um, so we do a lot that we give back to, to the community too. And if you're too busy, forget the money piece. You just, you can't really do that either. So it's so side note, but <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right. So let's, let's talk about how, right. So we now we've talked about the, what, what, what it looks like to have life balance. Let's talk about some of the, some of the tactics or strategies or things you do as a team that's helping you perform at the level you are. Uh, so this one, so this is a cool tool that Workman recommends that we use. So it's an ABC and it's not about the quality of the lead. It's about how quickly they're looking to buy. So an A, you've got an appointment with, you're out showing them homes. Bs are 30 to 90 days. Cs are 90 plus. So we've been using that for years in terms of following up with our leads and making sure that we stay on top of, of the stuff comes in that it's worthwhile. But the reason I brought, wanted to bring this up today was when we're talking about life balance and we had a, a a team member that was really struggling with this. And it was kind of a overall calls of the wisdom of the crowd. So we have every weekly calls where all the coaches get together and talk about things. And it kind of came up on there. And it was, a, it was truly an epiphany for me that we've rolled out to our team and to, to all of our clients is that what is an A client? Like the, you know, the, the thing says you always have an appointment with them. Well, that's easy. And we define it a little bit more than that, that, you know, Hey, they've been pre-approved, you know, they're ready to go. They would buy a house today if they, if they found it. And that was kind of our thought process on it, but in this market, and I assume from clients, everybody I know, pretty much everybody's market's crazy. It may not be, it sells with 20 offers in day one, but you're still selling stuff in a week and it's still got multiple offers. And so when you're out working with buyers, and again, we're in the Midwest, so our price points are, are lower. We have an air base. We have a lot of VA buyers, FHA buyers, but whatever it is that takes to win in your market is how we kind of modified that or expanded on that A buyer is they don't have to just be pre-approved and ready to buy. They have to really be able to buy. So for most of my career, having an FHA buyer that needed three or $4,000 in closing costs paid for by the seller, they were getting a home warranty, you know, they, they barely had the three and a half percent to put down in down payment. If you're running around showing that buyer one day on the market homes, that you're just wasting your time, they're getting frustrated. So that was a huge life balance piece for our team was, hey, it's not that I don't want to work with them. But when they're losing to somebody that went $20,000 over asking, they put 20% down or they're paying cash, they're not doing inspections, they said they'd make up the appraisal gap. Our buyer has precisely zero chance of winning when they can't go over asking, they can't make up an appraisal gap, they need down payment assistance, or they're not down payment assistance, but they need closing cost help. They have zero chance of winning. So the agents running around wasting their time, and that's what everything comes down to is you get paid for your time and your time away from your family is time you can't get back. So if I'm going to be out showing homes, it, it may make me the nicest guy in the world, but I'm really not because that buyer is just going to get frustrated because they can't buy houses. So we kind of readjusted 
what that, and that's the same thing for your guys' markets, whatever that is, whatever price point it is, but whatever it takes, who's winning, you've got to be pretty close to who's winning. And if that's all cash and no inspections, then you got to be pretty darn close to that. So it's whatever it is for you guys. But we kind of readjusted that. And we didn't say, we didn't fire those clients. We just said, hey, if you need down payment assistance and all these kind of things, then you can't look at A, houses. When it's one day on the market, you're just going to lose. You're just going to get frustrated. We need to wait until that mar that house has been on the market for a week or 10 days. Then let's go look at it when, and isn't that sad that 10 days is a lifetime, but it's been on the market forever. You know, let's go look at it after 10 days. Now that buyer or that seller rather is they're willing to entertain a full price offer, but still needing some closing costs. Cause Hey, nobody else has made me an offer. And I thought I was going to have a hundred of them on day one. Um, so, so that was a big epiphany for us. So what I hear you saying is, is systematize your lead follow-up Yep. so that it's not accidental. Like everybody right. follows a system. And then right. the second thing was um, really understand your highest return on time yep. and make sure you set client expectations. So you're not wasting it with people that aren't in a position to win. Right. And wasting their time. And that's where I truly believe it's our obligation to tell clients stuff they don't want to hear. So I do it as kindly as I can. But if, and I had a great, I was frustrated a few years ago and I was talking with my attorney about it and she gave me a great script for it is, you know, basically I get no satisfaction from you telling me I told you so. And I use that with clients that if they're making a mistake and then, and I know because I've had other clients tell me, ah, you told me so. I know I told you so, <laughs> just listen to me. So we try to do that up front. And again, going, showing and how homes and writing 10 or 15 offers for buyers that they don't win is simply going to cause them to either get super frustrated or worst case, get out of the housing market. Say, well, forget it. I'll just go rent a house. Well, that harmed them because prices are going up. Interest rates are going up. They're not building wealth. They're not you know, contributing towards their equity. So you harmed the client by being a nice guy. I'd rather tell people what they need to hear. Uh, and that's how we run the team. And that's the message we send throughout the whole thing of you know, and sometimes we need to do that with our agents too. You know, sometimes they need to hear stuff they don't want to hear. You know, we have to be, I have to be careful sometimes because I say, don't work with buyers. Buyers are time sucking animals. The reality mm -hmm. is, is that when you specialize in working with buyers, they can be an amazing part of your business, uh, yeah. but, but specialize them. And, and you, and Mark, you talk specifically about setting the standard correctly, making sure they're in a position to win and being strategic about it, not just being a pop tart and running around showing houses to anybody and everybody wherever right. they go. So I, I like the idea. And I, and I do believe as team leaders that um, it, it probably isn't the highest use of your time. Was that a hard thing, Laura, to, to, to stop working buyers? Yeah, I mean, it is. And I think that, um, I think for us, and we just look at it a bit, one, better utilization of our time, but two, again, that whole customer experience, they're better served by our buyer agents, honestly, at this point, because they are in the market all the time, working with buyers. Um, they're just better at it than we are, unfortunately. Um, and I hope that that's a product of us as much as it is a product of them working hard and, and going through the trainings and things like that. But they're, our, our customers are better served by our buyer agents because they're true specialists in what they're doing. Don't say unfortunately. I say fortunately. Well, yeah, you've done a great yeah. job that they're better than you. I think that when you know, so many people don't think that way. I love that you're thinking that way. Like if you can help your people be better than you at something, that is great leadership. And that yeah. means that you're doing a great job developing and training them. So I think it's awesome that you can feel confident in letting go of your A leads because you yeah. know they're going to be better served by going to your team. The team's not there so you can um, 
live a better life. And so they can as well. Yes. What, what are some yeah. of the things you do for your team members so that they can have balance? Hey, Verl, can I jump back on that last topic real quick? One of the things, and, I, and I, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I talk with my, uh, my team leader coaching clients, and I think there's probably people on this call that are going, oh, no, nobody will ever be better than me. And, and I kind of believe it, it's true both ways. I believe I'm probably the best agent on our team. Doing any one individual task, I think I'm probably the best. But I'm not doing one individual task ever. And neither are any of you. You're getting pulled in 30 different directions. So that's where the buyer specialist better serves our client because they have Laura and I as resources when they need us, but we've already trained them and they're excellent at all the stuff they do. And they get us for when the really the heavy lifting big problems come up. But you know, I'm not the best option because I just get pulled in too many different directions and they're so much better served by that buyer specialist. And, and that's why we believe in the specialist model. If it's hard, buyers and sellers are very different. You know, so the needs and, and what they need to do are just completely different. So that's a big part of why we believe it's that both sides are better served that way. So I love that. All right. So is having is having time management and having balance in your life accidental or is it intentional? It should be intentional, but um, I think sometimes we we, we, be, we need to, at least at the beginning, when you're trying to get your, your stuff in order and trying to make sure that you're very protective of your time, um, especially your money-making activities, we do need to be a little bit of a slave to a schedule, I think, until it becomes a habit and until we start to really use this tool, like, for example, this perfect week, um, you know, you can plan out the most perfect week on paper, but then in actuality, when you look back on it, did you actually do it? So that's why we need to also use my actual week so that we can see kind of what's lacking um, what are you not protective of? Are you, cause if you're canceling up your prospecting time to go and do X, Y, or Z, we need to make sure we're replacing that time. So I think that they, for the biggest thing for us is being more of a slave to our schedule. And then at the end of the day, reviewing what we got accomplished, what we didn't get accomplished to make sure that we're filling in those holes and those gaps. And I know for at least both me and Mark, and we don't do this together, we do share a calendar. But I know for him, he, the first thing he does when he gets up in the morning is double checks his calendar. And the last thing that we do before we go to bed is we check our calendar just to, I think that that gives us both peace of mind. So we're a little bit of a slave to a schedule, but it's a schedule that we're creating, if that makes so you, sense. So tell, tell me more about how Perfect Week works. This is a tool, by the way, everybody that's on the call, we'll give you a link and you can download this. We'll give it to you. Um, how do you, how, do, how is this used? What's the purpose of this tool? I mean, the purpose of this tool is to be accountable to your money-making activities, which is kind of what, I mean, what you're seeing on this tool. So you're seeing, you know, listing appointments, prospecting for sellers. Um, you're seeing fake work. Um, we all know what fake work is because it seems <laughs> to be a thing we love to do. Um, you know, office meetings. Do you need to take account for time to drive to X place? Do you need to put your kids PTO meeting on here, your home, your personal time, your workout? You know, it's, it's, again, about life balance and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves as people, as well as taking care of our business. Because if you're not a, taking care of yourself as a person, your business is going to suffer. So I think this gives you a really good look at what you should be doing. And then I think the, my actual week will give you a good look as to what you're actually doing and seeing how close are we aligning those two things. So at the beginning of the week, you sit and you, you, you say, this is where I'd like to do all of these things. You block out your personal time. I love that you've blocked out all of Saturday and Sunday for home and personal time. And you make that non-negotiable. And then somebody calls in and says, I want to look at a house. 
or I'd like you to come list, you put them in the slot where you said listing appointments. So I have morning or afternoon available and you, you intentionally put them in this time slot that you have scheduled for it. Yeah. Yeah. We try not to, um, I think what a lot of agents do is you, you know, someone says, Oh, this day works for me at this time. And you just automatically say yes. Well, I think that if we, we don't necessarily have to push back, but I think if you said, look, I already have an appointment at that time, I can do this. I think people would be very surprised at how, how flexible people really are, but we're so willing to just jump and run because we're so worried about preserving that particular client that we don't, we don't take ourselves into account. And I think it's important that we at least attempt to put them into the slot that you've already allotted for that particular thing, whether it's a listing appointment or a closing or whatever it might be. So Mark, so that's the intentional part of it. Now we're talking about how you actually track what you did. Take us through it. Well, and real quick on that too. And that's a big part of what we teach the team is your clients will do what you train them to do, or you'll do what they train you to do. So if they call you and you jump and run, if they text you at 11 o'clock at night and you respond back, you're teaching them that you'll jump and run and that you'll respond at all hours of the day. So we give them kind of permission and the, 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 I don't know, the safe space that they need to say, no, I, you know, if they've booked a time to go get their haircut or go do story time at school with their kids, that's an appointment. So if you book prospecting time, that's your appointment. So not that we don't ever break those rules, but it's not just automatically we break those rules. It's, hey, I'm already booked at that point, but I can do it here. They learn that one, people want what they can't have to some extent. So when you act like a professional, because professionals aren't just available. I can't just stop by my doctor's office later today and walk in and be like, hey, I wanted you to check out this mole. You know, no, I have to make an appointment. Same thing with us as agents. We're professionals and we don't just jump and run. And, you know, so it gives them again, that life balance piece that, that we're really talking about is you can book it. And, you know, if you can't do it, you can't do it. And the, if your doctor's any good. Right. right. Yeah. I don't want to go to a doctor. I can just stop by whenever. And he's happy. Hey, I was hoping someone would come in today. You know, is that really the doctor you want? No, you don't want an agent like that either. But they don't necessarily realize that until we show them that there's something different to, to be expected. So, so yeah. So anyway, so back to it. So this is the activity tracker. So what I recommend for our clients to do and team is just set an alarm on your, your phone for 30 minutes. And every time it goes off, you just hit snooze. So it just goes off again in 30 minutes and just write down what you're doing. So this is the daily success habits. So it's, here's all the things you can do to, to earn your 25 points for the day. And it's not about earning the points. It's about if you develop the habit of doing these things, you kind of can't not be successful. But it's, again, making that system, getting in the habit of doing it, and then the piece of tracking what you're actually doing. And, you know, I, I joke about it because it's real is, you know, you think, hey, I'm just going to play a quick game of Angry Birds. And all of a sudden the alarm goes off and you're like, oh, I just played 30 minutes of Angry Birds. You know, when you, you think play it was... that, is that a thing? <laughs> I do because I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so whatever the game of the day is, it if you you can get sucked in, and that's a the um, the fake work kind of thing. I I I and I find most team leaders are like this. I can be purposeful about what I'm doing, but what I'm working on causes me to have to go look for something on the internet, and all of a sudden a shiny object sucks me down this rabbit hole. And yeah, it, it, I was working. 
but it's stuff that we may implement in a couple of years or never, but it was kind of cool. This is a neat idea, but I just spent a half an hour doing fake work when I should have been doing what I was, but at least now I'm not doing fake work for an hour and a half. <laughs> it went off at a half an hour and I said, oh yeah, boy, I'm not really, I need to get back on track. So just having the awareness of stuff is huge. So I think that's a big part of why we track our numbers, just so you're aware of them. You don't wait till the end of the year and figure out how much money you made, you know, be tracking it throughout the month, set those goals. Same thing with this. You need your 61 points a day. Am I getting them? Am I not? You know, that kind of thing. You know, I'm curious, and I'm going to ask this to all of our workman clients who use the daily success habits tracker, and you actually use the activity tracker where you track what you do in 30 minutes. What have you learned by tracking that? And what do you do differently now as a result? I'd love you to just go into the chat or come on and tell us what you're doing, because I think that what Mark and Laura Ryan are saying is, is I'm intentionally laying out what I want my week to look like. I'm tracking what I actually did instead. And then Laura said, you compare your actual week to what your intentional week was. And then you make course corrections where you're out of whack. By tracking that, what have you learned? What, have you, what are you doing differently today as a result of tracking? A lot of people think accountability is something that is like a mean thing you do to someone. I'm going to hold you accountable. But it's really, Mark, you said something I think that really resonates with me. You said, it gives me awareness. And because I become aware, I behave differently. Right. So it's not something I'm doing to you. Laura's not holding you accountable to your week. You're tracking it and you're talking about it and say, let's, let's change this. Now, let's yeah. be honest. If I'm holding him accountable, I'm probably nagging. But right. in our book, accountability is love. So with that being said, you know, I want the, I want the most success for our team. And as individual, you know, their life, their life balance, their families. I want the most success for our team. I want the most success for our clients. So by holding everybody accountable to whatever they've asked us to hold them accountable for, or whatever our standard is, is honestly just showing them love um, because you care. You care what their success looks like. I love the phrase, I want to steal my time back. Someone else is stealing it from you and you want to steal it back. Right. Yeah, we all get the same amount. It's how well do you use it? And that's where a lot of people struggle with the, the my perfect week piece. And I like analogies. So the analogy I use with it is if you don't plan it out, then, you know, the, the no ship, no wind blows in favor of a ship without a destination. So it's just luck, just stuff happens and you jump and run and you do these things. So it is the perfect week. Well, we all know perfect doesn't happen a lot. So I compare it to kind of like a boat at anchor. At least you have an anchor that keeps you, you may blow around a little bit in the lake, but at least you're not blowing all over the lake. So you've got something to come back to once that, you know, whatever it is that blew up, now you go back to your calendar. Okay, now I got to get back on track. So it's not just a complete luck of the draw of, you know, life happening to you instead of having a more purposeful uh, goal, but it's, you know, it's perfect. It rarely will you have a perfect day, but at least if you've got some kind of goal and it's written down. So it's actually a goal, not just a dream. You know, it, it, it just matters. It helps. All right. So you two are both, and because I know you, you, you two are both fairly um, particular the way you want things done. <laughs> How hard is it for you to, to make a decision to hire someone to do it for you? Like your first assistant, I mean, as being perfectionist, is it hard? Was it hard to let go? I think we knew we needed help. And I think you don't realize how much help you need until that person's there. Um, I never really thought we would have this empowered champion. I mean, you guys have talked about this empowered champion, this person that's going to enter our lives and 
share half of my brain and be able to do the things that I do and do them better and be one step ahead of me. And until you actually have that person and you've gone through the process of interviewing and finding the right person, they do exist. They are out there. I think we have one now, which we're very excited about. Um, but I think that you just, you just have to believe that someone else can do things as well as you, if not better. And that's, you know, you hire to that, you hire to your core values, you hire to, you don't let the disc profile completely guide you, but you do use it as a guide to whether or not they're going to be successful and happy in what they're doing. Um, and then you use train them the right way. And I think that for us, I think it was, we knew we needed it, but then letting go of the tasks and the actual job once they were here was, was difficult, but we have heard it enough and we listened to enough coaches that, that it's the right thing to do, that you have to do it in order to move forward and be successful. So when do you think you should hire one? Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have an assistant or you are an assistant and the, there's just certain things that have to be done but they're not really making you money. Uh, like even as a team, we take the, what we call contract to close. So the, the inspections, the negotiations of that, all that follow up on the mortgage and title and appraisal and all those issues. We take that off the buyer specialist plate. And the way I view it is that's not earning money. It's very important, but we're protecting the money. You mm -hmm. earned the money when you got a contract accepted. Writing contracts doesn't earn money. Showing homes doesn't earn money. Getting contracts accepted earns the money. So we have to protect it to get to the closing table when we get paid. But as an admin, it's a super, it's an essential role, but it's not a role that, that they have to do. Um, and, the, and the other thing I, I, I tell clients and what we look for from, from our assistant is, I want, initially I get it. You're going to look at things and you're not going to understand them. And you're going to come to me with questions or you're going to come to me with problems. Well, I'd like to move from coming to me with problems to pretty quickly moving to me with coming to with a problem. And Hey, what do you think about this? And then move from the, now you're bringing a problem to me and saying, here's what I think we should do. And then you're moving to here's the problem. And this is what I already did. And then eventually getting to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, oh, we're doing that differently now <laughs> you know, because we, they understand where we want to go and how we want to get there. And there's just stuff that we don't have to be involved in everything. And that's that empowered champion piece. But the first step is get that assistant. So there's a ton of work that you shouldn't be doing and somebody else could do it probably better than you. And don't focus on how to get there, but where to get to. So I, I'm a firm believer in that of just give me this outcome and here's how I think you should do it. But if you can get there in the same time or less, then do that. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't have an ego in how you get there. Now, if your way takes 50% longer, no, no, then we're going to do it my way. But if Ooh. your way's faster or the same, yeah. Or even if it's roughly the same, I don't even care if it takes a smidge longer, but it makes you happier. I don't care, but it can't take twice as long. <laughs> so Mark, you said something. I'm going to totally quote you on this. And after the third or fourth time, I'm going to own it. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for it. What you said was, is you said, we earn the money. Having a great assistant protects it. Yep. Like I've never thought of it that way, but that is a great analogy. Having somebody protect what you're working so hard to create. Right. That's what a rockstar admin does for us. And Mallory posted in the chat, Laura agreed with her. She says that, you know, it's not just having an admin. There's a lot of household things you can outsource as well to make your life better. Cooking, cleaning, mowing your lawn, changing your oil, washing your car, you know, having somebody help you with those things. It's okay. It's all right to right. pay for those things. Now, if you love working in your yard, then you know, it gives you joy. Yeah. Go do it. Me personally. I'd rather do anything else. <laughs> my wife doesn't like to cook, so it's okay to not make her, right? Let's, right. let's 
let's create an environment where you get to focus on the things that you love. Um, all right, I want to give everybody an opportunity to get, get some free stuff. We, for, uh, we, we, we. Sometimes my, my brain goes faster than my mouth to get the words out. Um, for those of you that don't have access to all of the workman tools and systems, um, Mark and Laura talked about several things today. They talked about the ABCs of lead management. They talked about my perfect week scheduler, and they talked about the daily success habits tracker. If you'd like a copy of all of those things, plus a copy of today's call, go to workmansuccess.com forward slash balance, or just take a, you know, go to your camera and take a picture of the QR code as if you're ordering from the menu and you can download this. We'll give it to you. But the most important giveaway, if you haven't done this or you haven't done it in a while is schedule a free strategy session with one of our business consultants and talk about what it looks like to get a coach. Um, you know, there's a big difference. Uh, coaching makes a difference in your life. And having a coach like Mar Mark or Laura Ryan or several of the coaches that are on the call uh, will help you move the needle in a way that it just gets you to look at things differently. So I encourage you all, all to do that. I'd love to answer any questions that any of you have. Um, I'm curious, and I know, you, where's Ann? Ann, look up at me. So Ann, come off mute for a second. What kind of an impact did it have in your business when you started uh, with your first assistant? And how, how hard was it for you to get that first one? So I went through three assistants um, before I got the right one. And the right one lived with me, with my daughter. And she's been my assistant now for 10 years. Um, she's actually taken on the role of training my team members. Uh, she does an excellent job with buyers, agents. And um, it's allowed me to do the things. Matter of fact, we just rewrote her schedule and I have hired her an assistant. So I remember when you were so proud of being a single agent. Closing 85 deals a year and doing 100 listings. Yeah, you used to wear that as a badge of honor. Now, how do you feel? I'm too old and too tired to do that anymore. <laughs> Not really. I can still do it. And I'm actually going to, my goal this year is to list 100 again. Are you having fun? Yes, I'm having a lot of fun. It, it she take a lot of the junk off of me and the buyer agents have, you know, taken a lot of a business because I was adding up. I was tracking on my lead tracker um, how much business went out the door. And when I saw I lost almost 800000 in business in GCI in income in my pocket one year, that's when I started hiring buyers agents. So um, what would you have done sooner? Um, use the system and tools that Workman has and use them better than I did at beginning. And my goal right now is to use them perfectly. I am not using them perfectly, but we are definitely getting better. I love it. So Mark and Laura Ryan, for you, for just from a life balance perspective, um, if there was any one thing that would make the biggest impact on the lives of the people that are here, what piece of advice would you give them? What's the, what's the golden nugget you want us to leave here with today? Laura, let's go with you first and then Mark. Um, I, I think coming up with your, your reason why you're doing things and everyone can say, oh, family or what, but I think you need to just dig a little bit deeper into that and think about why do you want to, what, what, why do you want to provide for your family? Why do you want to do the things you're doing for your family? And I think when you start looking at the bigger picture, because it, for us, it was just about spending time with them initially. And now it's about thinking about their futures. And leave, when we leave this earth, whenever we do, leaving it better for them than it was for us when we were here. I guess that's so philosophical, but I think for us, it's for at least me, I want to make sure that they're taken care of. God forbid anything would ever happen. 
Um, but then they also continue to carry that on. So teaching them kind of the life lessons and, you know, how hard if you work hard, you, you can be successful and you can kind of do anything you want to do as cliche as that sounds. Mark. I think I, it was, I had to struggle with that a little bit, but I guess I boiled it down to leverage. So whether that means you hire an admin, whether that means you start a team, whether that means you join a team, but truly utilize other people. You, you don't have, like you said, Ann used to wear that as a badge of honor and a lot of agents do. And it, to me, it's not about the money. It's about the life kind of way. So it ties to what Laura's saying that, you know, I don't, I could make a ton more money, but I like being happily married. I like spending time with my children. So I'm doing it through leverage. Um, but it's, it's harder. I can't just go out and just work harder tomorrow and still have a life, but get that leverage. So if you don't have an admin, go look for one right now. <laughs> leverage it. Yep. Leverage in business and leverage in life. Love it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Can we just uh, thank Mark and Laura Ryan for just sharing with us? And uh, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah is going on right now for those of you who celebrate Hunt, celebrate Jewish holidays. However you celebrate this season, I just hope you have a great time doing it and enjoy your families. Thank you all for being here. And uh, we'll see you all in the next Workman webinar. Talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>